Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Come on to the rock. Show. Come on to the People's Show. Come on to the Premier Show. Smackdown. It's the 14th of March in the year of our Lord, 2002. NBA's jam. It's, I, I, you know what? As much as I'm committed to it, I don't think it's scanning. I'm trying my best with it. It's not make jamming. It work. It's not scanning. <laughs> I mean, NBA jam 2002 is a thing, without a doubt. Contrary without to Without a doubt, belief. in brackets, doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven <laughs> is still number one in the UK box office. Will Young's Anything Is Possible slash Evergreen is the number one tag team in the United Kingdom. <laughs> Get it's, fucked, Billy and Chuck. It's just them and the UK Pitbulls, really. That's right. Evergreen went straight to the number one spot in the UK singles chart and stayed there for three consecutive weeks before being knocked off the top spot by Gareth Gates' debut single, Unchained Melody. Oh, oh my that love. point of UK music. Where that point is, this is this is where like the pop stars, the pop idols are winning everything, every Christmas nearly. Yeah, it was the biggest selling single of the 21st century in the UK until 2015. It was overtaken by "Happy" by Pharrell Williams. It's a that's fascinating to me. Like, is it is this kind of like the dying embers of the single CD era? So, like a lot of 
let's what's the nicer way of putting it? Older skewing clientele uh, buying Unchained Melody by Gareth Gaines. <laughs> and once that sort of once that world changed, the less of them did, maybe. That was a bunch of words, wasn't it? Tom? It was just a bunch of words. <laughs> Unchained bollocks. Unchained was in, bollocks. Uh, number two in the chart. <laughs> Uh, Barbara Streisand, the essential Barbara Streisand, is uh, her fifth greatest hits album. Oh, I love is uh, number one album in the UK. Well, didn't the police have like four greatest hits? One, one greatest hits they released three times. Yes, and the cha- the critics said this album was noted for being a comprehensive and complete view of discography, unlike her previous greatest hits. So it's the greatest hit of the greatest hits. <laughs> The big game this week is Spy Hunter for the PS2. Ah! Not, as you may think, oh, The Rock one, right? Mm. No, that was later. Uh, It just looks like Spy Hunter, but for the PS2, it sold nearly a million copies. And it was critically acclaimed. I've never played it. I feel like it got traded in half a million times, because I was Uh. working at game at this point, and I just remember Spy Hunter just completely filling the pre-owned section in the middle of the shop. Loads, Spy Hunter and old FIFA games. An organized pile or decided? Well, the day would start organized and then you would have to throughout the day just go and rejig them. Or if you were just wanting to kill some time, just go and rejig them in alphabetical order. (laughs) If you wanted to look busy, you go reorder the (laughs) pre-owned. On March 2nd, a report conducted for the Independent Televisions Commission and Broadcasting Standards Commission indicates that for the first time, at least half the TV viewers have access to multi-channel TV, i.e. channels other than the main five terrestrial channels. I'll never catch on. Nah. A report by the ITC also indicates that viewer dissatisfaction with the quality of TV stood at 64% in 01, an 18% rise on the previous year. Is that because there's more channels to be upset by? It does say, however, the authors of the report attribute the dramatic increase to that one-off Channel 4 special, Brass Eye. Ah! Yay! Brass Eye making massive seismic alterations to the television landscape even then. Yeah, don't get a brass eye in your brown eye. Uh, In Emmerdale, (laughs) Scott tries to get his relationship with Chloe back on an even keel and apologises for not being more supportive. For not being more even. (laughs) Suggesting that a break would do her good. Aye, her legs. <laughs> he breaks her legs. She is concerned that he can't afford a holiday, but he insists that he can and starts making humble plans. But Charity Dingle gets wind of their plans and steps in with an offer to give them some money to make it a luxury getaway. Well, she is called Charity after all. I mean, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clues in the name. Yes, it's like the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chloe is delighted, but Scott is convinced that Charity has intentionally stolen his thunder. Oh. Uh, Diane has taken Benice's words to heart and deliberately dodges responsibility at the pub. <laughs> Benice arrives to find the pub in chaos and berates her mum until she reminds her it is Benice's pub. Denise takes her words to heart and literally kills two birds with one stone. <laughs> What's this rock doing covered in bird blood? Well, mother. <laughs> I'll leave you for one day and all the spy hunters are <laughs> disorganizedly <laughs> put up by the bar. 
Hey. Well, that was 2002 everywhere else, but what a what a what a what is a little lad from Star Wars was happening in the ugly, depressing world of professional wrestling? That question and many more you didn't want to know about will be answered now by you, the dulcet tones of this man. Can you remember my name? Tom Campbell. Well done. Yeah, good guess. That's it. And this, and, uh, and this man, Matthew Mitchell Grove. I've got that written on the, the, the <laughs> sticker on the back of me sweater. Uh, Matthew, this is the Glottic Classic Smackdown review. Tom's going to say hello, and I'm going to shut the door. Hello, shut the door. Yes, we're back once again with the Renegade Master. We are so buttock clenchingly close to Christmas. If you lock the door, it'll stop it from banging. That's what she said. Um, we're so buttock clenchingly close to Christmas in the year of our Lord 2023. Um, we're both, we're both reaching that point where we're nearly ready for a Christmas break now because lots of things are happening in our personal lives to get us there. See, that is the face that runs the place right there. Um, obviously, you've got stuff going on at your... I can, I can reveal what's happening at my place. Uh, the washing machine broke last week. Oh, no. And we are waiting on a part to get it fixed. So dirty clothes are mounting up. That's depressing. The dishwasher broke the other day. And that was, so it's like, oh, great. So that's two things at the same time. And I do believe genuinely that the, the and that on top of like loads of other stuff that we've got to get done before Christmas, uh, uh, Alex has got a lot on in her current role as well, and which she's uh, just about coping with, but it's a lot. So we've had a lot of late nights doing, out, doing extracurricular work at home, uh, as well as getting ready for Christmas. There's a lot going on, but I do believe that the universe took a little bit of pity on us the night because... Um, I'd left the dishwasher switched off and I'd cleared out the pipe and lo and behold, it started working again. So the dishwasher's working again. <laughs> and I yeah. think that's the universe cutting us a little bit of slack. Um, the one thing that has helped me through, a re- you know, it's not the full picture, but one thing that's helped me through a relatively stressful time in the past couple of weeks, weirdly, is Audible. This isn't a spawn, by the way. I'd love it to be a spawn. Sounds like one. I would bloody, lo- I would bloody love it to be a spawn. People are fast forwarding already. No, it don't. Be- it's, all I'm going to say is, um, I saw a billboard ad for uh, an Audible Audible series called Moriarty, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, colour me intrigued. It's fucking brilliant. It's um, it's sort of a reimagining of uh, Sherlock Holmes, but sort of with Moriarty as uh, as an innocent man. Uh, but the most clever man in Britain, and and it's his fr- fractious relationship with Sherlock Holmes, and there's twists and turns and twists and turns all the way through. Oh, it's fantastic! And I've just like devoured two seasons of it in the last week and a half, to the point where the other Sunday did a shift on Radio Newcastle, and it was the day that it just hoisted it down with snow. So we were on air. We finished at ten, and uh, Chris, who was producing me, said, "Do you want to lift home?" And I said, "I will." Decline your offer because I'm nearly at the end of the, this Moriarty book and I really want to just walk home and listen to it. Aww. And just, I really just, because I'm quite excited about the walk home to listen to it. As we speak, as we sit here, I think I've got 18 minutes left of the second book. And I'm like, yeah, I'm buzzing to do that on the way home. So that's really helped this week. And if you quote classic, no, no, that won't work. No, there is no quote you can give for Audible yet from us. Uh, but that has helped me through. So thank you to. Uh, the, the team behind Moriarty. I've really enjoyed it. Very, very good. Lovely. I've been getting through by watching Disaster Breakdown on YouTube. What's Disaster Breakdown? It's a Jordy lass who goes, this, this plane oh. was, was supposed to land on this spot, but <laughs> something happened. Oh. And it's always like, it's like they come in like two flavors. One is like, well, this, uh, this plane had a so-and-so error and it goes into great detail about why wing flap number A it's not working as properly because 
two years earlier, a duck hit it. <laughs> and no one checked on it. But the, the, other two, the other second one is just like, well, the reason why this didn't land is because this pilot was mental. And you're like, oh, here we go. That's the one you want, isn't it? Yeah. And it makes you feel really safe because it's like, this is what happened. And it, like planes and companies have made sure to make changes so it doesn't happen again. So... Wow. So, and it's and it's a it's a Geordie lass. Theory. Yep. Nice. Does she want to come and do something on BBC Radio Newcastle? <laughs> oh, go ask her. I will ask the question. I'll find her online. I'll ask her the question. How was your How was your ride in? Well, the taxi was support that. <laughs> I noticed that a pigeon had got stuck in the tire twelve months before. <laughs> Like the craziest ones I listened to last night was this. It was a actually no one. No, we'll go way we'll off topic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh no! Heaven forbid we go off topic. No, but you know what it is, Tom. Is when I listen to other podcasts, I, there is a bit of me that's just like, can you get to the thing I've clicked on, please? Looking at you, comrade. No one cares about American football. <laughs> to be, I mean, admittedly, you're bang on there because there's a few of the Conrad podcasts and other podcasts where I do scrub through the preamble. Yeah. And, and I imagine there's people that scrub through our preamble anyway. Yeah. But also, uh, simultaneously, there are people that literally listen for the preamble and then when the preamble finishes, they switch off. <laughs> Who are these? There are some. There's a term for them. Can't be asked to listen to the Smackdown Review. Just like to listen to us have a little right. natter. So people who listen to the Sunday Comic Podcast are boomers. If people who listen to the main podcast are diddlers, who are people who listen to our podcast? Boomer diddlers. <laughs> people of a certain age that might be suspect. No. They're called smackheads, obviously. Oh. <laughs> oh, I like actually I like smackheads because smackdown. That's me. That actually, yeah, you didn't mean for that, but you know, hey. Oh, I did. Accidental greatness. No, that that was that was sadly completely intentional. Greatness. Hello, smackheads. Smackheads. Why would only start doing that? It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, smackheads, as you all know, smack, <laughs> smackheads, old and young, know Dude. that after we do the little preamble, or as Pachiti calls it, pleb banter. <laughs> uh, we then move on to if we've got anything in the mailbag and if not then we go on to what's happening in the world of wrestling at this time well let's go on into the world of wrestling there for this go. particular week March 14th 2002 didn't want email so, anyway so Matthew the NWO is shit haha <laughs> lol um, go on so on Raw this past Monday night we had our first WWF match on Raw for the New World Order as a team Hulk Hogan Kevin Nash and Scott Hall defeated The Rock and Steve Austin Hogan uh, pinning The Rock clean as a whistle well, clean as a whistle and a three on two handicap match Tom are we well it is clean as pass uh <laughs> Well, there was no, no... They heroically defeated them. They heroically defeated. But it wasn't like he used a chair, then a roll-up or whatever. It was like a boot and a leg drop. Uh-huh. Um, figure four say the match sucked, and it, it's not a great <laughs> match. Wait. It's not a great match. And also, the ratings didn't do anything as well. The show drew the same composite rating it drew the following week, based on hourly numbers. Despite the fact this is Hogan's first television match since 1993... Uh, it did score a 5.2 overrun, which is okay, but certainly not as great as they were hoping it could possibly be. So far, on average, the NWO has met a 0.1 increase in the ratings. It hasn't done <laughs> anything near what it wanted to do. Oh, that's um, funny. Last, the SmackDown that we watched last week, right, got the worst rating ever, 3.4. He's <laughs> was, was pretty good as well. I, it, was, it wasn't a bad show. And also SmackDown in oh, oh, SmackDown in twenty three, they fucking have their they kill for a three point four. No, 
No, no, don't do the comrade thing of, well, this rating, that would it's all, it's all relative. It's yeah, all course, relative. Because it's, it's all relative. I want to strangle every time he brings no, it up. No, no, Every no. single time. No, I'm, I'm obviously based... It's all relative. Back then, you had far less that you were competing Thank you. with. Thank you, Tom. Uh, the, the television audience consumed in a very different way to they do now. And it's not based on that. You could, In that case, on those optics, this is my off, my offering in, in opposition to Conrad, under those optics, you could say, well, their YouTube game was crap in 02. Because as you can see, <laughs> hardly any hits in 02. No one was listening to their podcast in 02. They only had 10 followers on Facebook. What were they thinking? They were shit. It's it's all relative. So I think that it's a boring argument to make that it was better than... It had, having said that, if Smackdown got a 3.4 in 2023, I think everyone would have a heart attack. Um, and this is, again, despite the fact that it was a good show, great promo by Flair. Like, pre- Flair, mm. Flair properly found his voice on Smackdown last week. Uh, but it's at the NWO angle not doing the numbers that WWF were hoping it would. Uh, there is concern as well for one of the big matches coming up this week at WrestleMania uh, because uh, just the other day, over, actually it's over the weekend before this SmackDown, uh, Pat Patterson, Hulk Hogan and The Rock were, were chilling out at a gym in Davie, Florida. All three of them. Right. right? Where they were choreographing their Mania match. So the weekend before Mania, all three of them go meet, and Pat is the agent. So they are they're in the ring in this uh, in this gym, just going through the steps of the match. Uh, it turns out, and it comes to light during this training, that Hulk Hogan suffered a broken rib in his match against Rikishi on the third of January. Uh, He'd hid it from everyone. Hadn't told anybody. Uh, WWF management found out about it when Hogan began complaining about rib pain during this training session. And now there is some concern. Um, Not so much that the match won't happen because they'll push through and make the match happen. But, you know, Hogan wasn't a spring chicken coming into it anyway. But this really limits what they can do. So thank goodness they're having, they had this training session where they discovered it and they kind of choreographed a match that works around the fact that Hogan has a broken rib. So if you're, as we know, the match doesn't end up being, it ain't, it ain't a five-star in the Tokyo Dome Classic, but, you know, because obviously it's Hogan and it's Rock and thankfully they are too, uh, too enigmatic and no, charismatic enough performers that they didn't need to do much to to elicit a reaction to put it very lightly we'll see you'll see we'll talk about it proper next week when we do the retro reactions to wrestlemania x8 um it's weird that they they're like oh this this first hogan match ever yeah but it wasn't a hogan match was it the nwos you find out are cold but hogan is hot this is the thing and we see this on smackdown this week as well the the nwo thing is is dead in the water it feels like because and, and, and it's funny how you got this sliding scale where, like, they're white hot for Hogan. They're lukewarm for Scott Hall. It's fuck all for Nash. He hasn't done nothing. I know. He hasn't wrestled. He's just been not, there. He's just been there and been chased around a bit. Yeah. They, I, I, I do believe you could have made something of this NWO angle, but it just it hasn't really landed. Mm. And it's a shame because it could have, they could have made it a thing. But it just hasn't scanned for me. Mm-hmm. It hasn't. And for many, it hasn't as well. And as you can say by the ratings, it hasn't for the ratings as well. Uh, the, as the NWO is coming to an end, the brand split is on the horizon. On Raw this week, they began building towards it with Vince McMahon demanding that the board of directors 
choose either himself or Flair as the sole owner of the company. Uh, they chose Vince, but said they reserve the right to re- review their decision after WrestleMania, which is, according to the reports like The Observer and The Figure Four, this is going to be where they make the, the call to split the, the shows in half. So you have Vince McMahon running Raw and Ric Flair running SmackDown. That's the plan currently. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, obviously, the... the the idea of the brand split is it's going to give more talent chance to to get a shine on the show, uh, and it means that they can run more live events. I mean, the business for live events is really down, so I guess their mindset being, well, if you run two a night, we can make probably about as much as one in the heyday. Uh, it's speculating to accumulate, I guess. Um, something that I think AEW could learn from, I do believe that, a brand split would probably do them the world of good right now to have like that hard and fast rule because it would give other performers time and room to breathe. The, the the story that, you know, there's a big story this week about how a lot of AEW guys are getting, or there's, there's a couple of AEW guys who have been fined for their social media conduct. Uh, we don't know who, but the one, sorry, you know, Oh, is it Ryan Knight? There you go. Hey, we don't know that for definite. Um, but the one big thing that comes from this social media conduct, uh, the, the sort of the suspects potentially who have been fined, they say the same thing. They're like, we need, we want time. Like, we're not getting any time. We're not getting any energy. We're not getting any momentum. When you've got a roster that bloated, sorry, that's the uh, the heat is kicking oh, okay, in. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> that's all. That, that's just in that's, time for SmackDown. That's 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 Brian Danielson coming through the vents yeah. with a fine for us. Um, that's. <laughs> That's where the that's where the issues are. A brand split would definitely sort that. Um, here's an interesting one, and I don't know whether this is something you might shed some light on, since you are a bit of a wrestling oracle yourself, Matthew Gregg. So apparently, um, TV Tokyo were running adverts for they were going to air the WWF Yokohama Arena show on Japanese TV. Ooh. That was the plan. With the show, the show had been taped with Keiji Muto doing the announcing. Not sure that happened, like, but that's according to the Observer this week. And the plan was going to be on the tenth of the on the on the on the tenth of the month. They were going to air the oh, sorry on the tenth of March. They were going to air the January uh, house show with commentary provided by Keiji Muto. However, that's now been cancelled because oh. the sh- um, because they said all WWF programming has also now been cancelled. This was apparently due to a miscommunication. The station, TV Tokyo, believed it had the rights to tape and air the WWF show. But the WWF apparently didn't know they were taping the entire show for television, figuring that the taping was only for highlights packages or for news or sports footage, even though it had been advertised in Japan for some time. So TV Tokyo filmed the show and went, oh, we've got the filming, we're just going to air it. And WWF have gone, no. <laughs> That's not what we agreed at all. Oh. We thought you were filming it for like newsreels. We didn't think you were just going to show the whole thing like a bootleg WWF yeah. show. Um, uh, they responded by cancelling. When, when WWF said, no, you can't do that, TV Tokyo cancelled all WWF broadcasting across Japan. The Yokohama show uh, will not air at all. Now, before this show... Um, Antonio Anoki had said publicly that he hated what the WWF had turned into and said mm-hmm. he expected the show to be a failure, just like the previous tour of Japan eight years ago. He even yeah. did Anoki brought, brought up the angle where Ross and Regal kissed Vince McMahon's ass. 
and said how what a joke the WWF is. That was before the show at the Yokohama Arena that did Gangbusters. And po- following the show, Inoki then said, oh, I heard the show was a big success and younger fans love the WWF. Hmm. I guess I have to learn from the WWF and I have to change my mind about it. Maybe. So now Inoki's gone, oh, okay, oh, that's, that's what it is. Okay, local house shows to end on. Before we get into, I can't find any footage of this uh, of the 2002 thing, by the way. No, because it didn't air. They, ju- I think they must have, ju- they must have just had. I feel like they just had bootleg there, there was, footage. There was some footage shown, actually. Yeah, I've definitely got. I've definitely seen a video of that period, but I'm not sure the, exactly the dates or the arena. So. Oh, okay. More on that next week. More on that next time. Uh, there was a house show loop plagued with travel problems in the run-up to this week's SmackDown. Uh, Triple H, Booker T, and Rob Van Dam missed different nights due to logistics issues. Refunds were offered, uh, but uh, they didn't end up working it. Get this, right? X-Pac worked a singles match against Randy Orton and won. Ooh. So X-Pac has beaten Randy Orton. Uh, the night before that, Randy Orton and Crash Holly lost to the unusual team of X-Pac and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Imagine Brock being the heat <laughs> for x well, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, there's a really grim story from Fort Wayne, um, Indiana, uh, a show that took place on the 10th. Rikishi beat Mr. Perfect. Uh, Rikishi went for the stink face, and Mr. Perfect, to protect himself, put his towel in front of his face yes. as defense. Uh, Rikishi That's did great. the stink face nonetheless, but as he walked away, the towel ended up lodged... Between his ass cheeks. <laughs> Rikishi stood in the middle of the ring, dislodged the towel, <laughs> and threw it into the crowd. <laughs> the crowd... <laughs> the crowd responded <laughs> by two lads fighting over it. <laughs> this is why wrestling fans get... Uh... Pun intended, get oh, shit. That's awesome. <laughs> so why to be we... fair, I would as well. I'm like, <laughs> give us that shit uh, towel, you bastard. Oh, uh, shit towel. Here, Rikishi, here, lad. Over here. Over here. Maybe it was used oh. to, to, to get the DNA of Rikishi and create even more Usos. Maybe that's what happened. If that would you, explain a lot, actually. If you caught that towel... Don't message us at classicacultaholic.com. Yeah. I don't know where you've been. Wipe, wipe your hands and then send us an email. Wipe right? your hands, you dirty, dirty man. Uh, let's go to Matthew Gregg. He's going to walk us through the go-home for WrestleMania X8 edition of SmackDown. That's a go-home. That's what Noki yelled at Luke Gallows that one time. <laughs> Speaking of shit wrestling. Oh, anyway. here we go. That's right. It's a live feed. Live feed. Live feed, live feed wrestling. Adjust the brightness and the volume during Lillian's national anthem. That's right. It's live feed. Unlike half the wrestlers who Ta- are dead feed. <laughs> feed. Taz and Michael Cole talking shit about the sponsors. Live feed. Live feed. Like Live Aid, but with steroids. <laughs> Do they know the camera's on? Always at end. Fuck the fans. <laughs> Lola, don't you say that, please. 
Scotty Do Hardy and Albert defeated the Cold Brothers. They were cold. Exactly. Two <laughs> local Michigan guys who've been around forever but retired in 08. They're cold, but Hottie and Albert ain't hot. Well, hot he is. As soon as he gets rid of the hip hop albatross he's got round his, <laughs> his neck, I was happy with that one. He'll may, maybe make it to WrestleMania next year because he's not on this one. Uh, Brock Lesnar defeats Funaki. And it's this the fabled match, the legendary match where Brock's soul patch shows up one time. That showed up in Power Slam magazine. Brock's what, sorry? Soul patch. Oh, his little cheeky little wispy tash. Oh, yeah. bless him. Look at him growing his first beard. No. <laughs> Sunday night heat matches, only shown internationally. Val Venus defeated the big boss man via submission with the reverse figure four. Venus's sexual assault got interrupted by big boss man. I mean, <laughs> that is what the police are there for. That is what the police support our troops. Yeah. Lance Storm pinned Rikishi at 3 minutes 51 with a super kick after hitting a low blow as Rikishi attempted the stink face. Seems an obvious weakness no one's realised before. Yeah, it's wide open for a low blow. Yeah. If Rikishi was a Nintendo boss, that is the time and area you'd hit. <laughs> is that how you would get out of a stink face? Yeah. I'd have, have the, the, the rabbit from Star Fox go. <laughs> Fox, shoot his ass! Fox, shoot him in the ass! I'd punch him. <laughs> right in the prostate. <laughs> I'd punch him right in the prostate. We go for me for a stink face. The hatch is open. <laughs> Fox, the hatch is open. If you want to get out of a stink face, punch Rikishi right in the prostate. He'll, he'll back away. Or he'll become your mate. Yeah. Mr. Perfect <laughs> pinned the Godfather with the perfect flex. The hoes were not impressed. <laughs> There. I remember the thing is, I thought he might leave with them like he did in 1996 when he kept stealing Hunter Hearst Helmsley's valets ah. to build a, to build a wife mine, as we discovered on the classic Raw review. Yeah, they, they, they say you smell a bit, Mr. Perfect. Why is that? <laughs> Why's your towel a bit whiffy? <laughs> then Spike Dudley and the Hurricane somehow defeated Perry Sutton and Crash Holly at six minutes ten. Perry is now wearing a red bandana. And sad red trunks. Creative. Him and Crash look completely dejected coming to the ring separately. Oh. It is Crash does this like like he's like walk, 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 pose, gets to the ring. He's completely not into it when he's not winning. Oh. And I realize it's about Crash. It's so sad. He gives it away, his face. Hey, Crash says it Holly, all. I can't believe I'm not winning. You know you're Crash Holly, right? <laughs> like his run in 2000 was, was very much a, a blip on the radar yeah. for him and it kind of set him up for the rest of the time. Right. And, oh, I thought I was going to beat the Mean Street Posse every week. Say, no one's that good. Was he a bit like, I know he had a very brief run in TNA. Was there a little report of Mike Lockwood being a bit like, oh, I'm winning? I haven't heard of him no, like that. I might more, be... more on that later on. He can't. He's not here to defend himself. I've told, so I really... told about that before, but I don't. I've never really seen much early NWA TNA involving Mad um, Mikey. I think you said. Mm. Apparently, there was one spot he does that you heard about recently, where he gets the guy's arm and he goes, "Now we're going to preschool," and then does the rope walk on the first. Oh, rope. I <laughs> love it! <laughs> Bloody love that! Yes, that's great. Lola loves that move. And then oh, blah, 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 yeah. anthem, blah, 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 video check, blah, 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 saliva, click, click, boom. Cold and Lola have a long sound check as the headsets are not working very well. A good start to this week's Smackdown, <laughs> which opens up with a cold open involving Steph saying Lucy the dog stinks. 
right to Lucy. Oh, no. Oh, no. I wrote this two weeks ago, and it's all coming back to yeah. me. Right to Lucy, the smelly dog's face. What a bitch. <laughs> Triple H tries to take the mutt away. It is Triple H's dog, and he's happy to see her. But Steph says it's her dog now, Triple H, due to a court order. Steph is happy until she sees that the dog has pooed. And we then pan down with the cameras and we see the little poops to demonstrate she is not a liar. So Jericho, the undisputed World Heavyweight Champion, is sent to walk Steph's dog that owns the Triple H. But he can't be asked. So he ties the dog to a car. We see the car drive backwards and turn the dog into a pizza stain. However, due to the power of badly inserted audio, we find out that the dog is still alive. Yay! And Triple H lowers himself to look under the car to yell, It's okay, Lucy. Help is coming. To which Lucy the dog naturally replies, Thank you, father. <laughs> Triple H storms to the back, looking for Steph, the dog killer, who was headed to the ring. Triple H goes to kill Steph, the dog killer, uh, but yet again, the pedigree is blocked by Jericho, dressed like a test pattern, and nails him with a sledgehammer. It's the SmackDown debut of Jericho getting the advantage over Triple H. Sledge shots to Triple H's refixed quad. Finally, woohoo, it happened, Tom. Sadly, it finally happened after... I'm going to do my Brian Alvarez here, I guess. A dog got run hour <laughs> and suffered merely a broken leg. <laughs> so who remembers Jericho taking a sledgehammer to replace his quad? In the build-up to the main event of WrestleMania this Sunday. Well, uh, I happen to have found the bit in Jericho's book because uh, I just remembered. I disappeared for a second there because I remembered that uh, we have got a copy of Tom Jer secretly Spider-Man, so he's just making up excuses now. Yeah, basically. I've got a copy of Jericho's book, Undisputed. Uh, and Which he was at this time. He was, and uh, he talks very briefly about this run as working with Stephanie. Oh boy, I bet he's really positive. She would send me out for groceries, make me sweep the floor, carry her bags, whatever. I wasn't the world champion anymore, so much as Stephanie McMahon's lackey. A fact that was made evident in the WrestleMania matchup graphic, it said Triple H versus Chris Jericho with Stephanie McMahon, with me in the background behind her shoulder. I hadn't even noticed that he's in the background. Jesus. The build-up to the match was weak and began with me stealing Triple H's first robe. Yep. When, Stephanie, when Stephanie and Triple H's dog Lucy pooped all over my dressing room in Detroit, I had to clean up the shizer. Then when she told me to walk Lucy, I accidentally ran the mutt over. I was the world champion. Oh, hang, on, hang on, he didn't run over. No, there's some, somebody else ran over. Yeah, just, just to correct you there. I think you're Actually, fine, Jericho. I think you're fine. I was the world <laughs> champion as played by Lloyd Christmas. Needless to say, <laughs> this is great. Needless to say, it didn't work. Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, and Bret Hart had been tremendous heel champions who got red hot heat due to their exploits in the ring and the dirty tactics they used against their opponents. I was an average heel champion who got lukewarm heat due to my exploits of stealing grimace costumes, <laughs> cleaning up shit, and running over dogs in the parking lot. <laughs> with the exception of my Royal Rumble match with The Rock, my run of the first undisputed champion had been a bust. To say the least, mate. 
If only you'd been run out with dogs deliberately in the park, the car park. That'd be amazing. It would be. Give me a match at WrestleMania Triple H. No, uh, lol. <laughs> I'll kill your dog. Whoa, kill- whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right, all right. Whoa. The fact that it went from Triple H versus Stephanie McMahon to now Triple H versus Stephanie McMahon with a Lucy running, like, suggests that Jericho is so far removed from this story. Uh, fun fact uh, Lucy is indeed Triple H's dog. Uh, dog. That's a li- oh, legit, li- shoot, shoot, oh. Li- legit dog. Shoot dog. Don't shoot do dog. That. Jer- <laughs> Next week, Jericho of an AK-47. <laughs> Shoots a dog. I tell you what, though. Stephanie just abu- like saying horrible things to that dog. That's the worst part. I, c- couldn't, do- I couldn't do it. If, it, if, if a scene called for me to call Pablo a fucking dickhead and really mean it, I couldn't do it. Because he don't know. No, but Lucy the dog- didn't know it was an acting gig. Of course, the dog's been in the business. It's in her blood. It's in her blood. And her shit. Do you know why? Um, like the dogs, dogs are notoriously difficult to work with. Like they're obviously dogs are amazing. They're notoriously difficult to work with, especially when you want them as, uh, as with the villains, because like when you've got like evil attack dogs, you have to film them in such a way where you don't see their tail, because their tails are always wagging because they're having a lovely day. <laughs> So they oh, have I to. Know. So they have to film them in such a way where you don't see their tails wagging because they're just loving life. Do you ever think as well, like a dog like Eddie, like he thought all that was real from Frasier. He thought it was all real. Mm. And you couldn't tell him it's an acting gig. He just thought, oh, this is, oh I've, come, I've come to this house today. Or I somehow have to keep jumping on this, jumping on this chair 100 times a day. But yeah, so Lucy was legit Triple H's dog, apparently. You're welcome. But is alive. Sold out in Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. in the Gund Arena, which Ohio. sounds offensive. Three days away from WrestleMania, so hopefully it gets better than that shite. <laughs> will Triple H be able to compete at WrestleMania? We will only be able to find out by watching this SmackDown. All the results from WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, and we open up with Kurt Angle versus Rob Van Dam. Oh, this will do. Will RVD bust open Kurt? Three days for WrestleMania. <laughs> Kurt is 100% serious right now. No catering to the fans' chance of you suck. He made the Big Show tap out on Raw to show he's ready for Kane. Whereas RVD pinned Regal the IC champ on Raw in a tag match. So both lads ready and willing. Hard quick action uh, to start off until RVD lands the spinning wheel kick. Has a lot of doubts Triple H is okay for WrestleMania. <laughs> After all, he barely twisted his knee and was out eight months. <laughs> Lola. Angle delivers a belly to belly and Cole wonders if Angle can hit that on Kane. Yeah, he probably can. <laughs> Angle murders RVD with a German suplex with RVD landing on his head like an accordion. RVD escapes the ankle lock by kicking Kurt out of it, but he bounces off the ropes and into a small package for 2.99999. Which is German for no, 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 no. <laughs> RVD counters the angle slam with the ropes and RVD sets up the five star, but Regal shows up to land the British glare <laughs> to distract, allow Kurt to make him tap with the ankle lock. Angle sods off and leaves Regal to stomp RVD while yelling, it's bouquet, not bucket. <laughs> However, as Kurt leaves, Kane, with non-functioning everything, shows up to scare Kurt. And because Kane is too crippled to catch up to Kurt, he chokes up Regal for the hell of it. WrestleMania in three days. Yay! Something about the way Regal ran down to the ring just looked funny to me. I think because he got a bit of got a bit of speed up, but then obviously there's a ramp, and you have to kind of measure your speed accordingly. So it's almost like he's putting the brakes on a little bit, and there's a little bit like Double D from Ed, Ed and Eddie with the with the hands of pumping. 
And Kane just looks like he needs a good oil in because like, every part of Kane is fucking broken once again. Oh, he needs some time off. God love him. And he's taking some time off soon. But we've got him at least until just after Mania. Oh, a nice soft match with uh, the wrestling machine. Good mm. for you, Kane. Just nice. really sad, I just thought. Lucy the dog being dead now. That's sad at all. But you realise that maybe two or three weeks after Mania, we lose Kane. Because when he comes back, he goes to Raw. Almost said the snacks out. What do you mean you've lost Kane? Not set a car case. <laughs> I just realised that. Well, the brand split doesn't happen for a while after Mania, so... No, no, but he, no, he, he is off for ages. Look, Tom, you're getting panicky. You, don't worry, we'll have, like, La Resistance. No, they're on Raw 2. Bollocks, what are we, what, what are SmackDown getting? We get really one? good wrestling, how annoying oh, is that? Oh, we get Billy Kidman in shite tights. John Cena when he was rubbish. We get a bit of... Um, we get, um... Yeah. Mm. Well, anyway... Rico... Oh, yeah, there we go. Thank you. We'll get still, we, still, we still get tested gaze. for a bit. Uh, Vince and Flair meet backstage. Vince makes Undertaker versus Flair at WrestleMania X8. No DQ, which he can do now because he has power over Ric Flair because he relinquished control. He's just a wrestler. Mm. And in fact, Vince gives Flair the day off to rest because he cares about his safety. At least WrestleMania, oh, sorry, at least until WrestleMania, when the Undertaker destroys him. Mm-hmm. Flair leaves, not because Vince told him to, but because of the respect he has for this company. Flair calls Vincent Mann a piece of shit. <laughs> everyone says he is. Uh, Flair's dialogue is so soft-spoken and original, so the crowd did not pop on the live feed. So that go pops check. added in. Yeah, because it's like, you're a piece of shit. It's like that natural acting, you know, when people are breathing, like, acting through the nose. Mm, it did seem like a very <laughs> unnatural pop yeah. for something said so soft. You're a piece of shit. Yeah! Like, it did seem very unnatural. Yeah, like, Mr. Perfect's towel, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, Christ. But still nice and reminding us that, like, oh, yeah, Flair isn't that dude anymore. He's wrestling. Mm. They, they gave it up. Like in Mortal Kombat Armageddon. I'm sorry, Annihilation, beg your pardon. When uh, Raiden gives up his godhood to fight Shao Kahn, which means he shows up with a different shirt and a haircut. Oh, because he's, he's normal, nice human now. Yes. He does mortal. like a forward flip. And he's like, hi, guys. Don't say anything different. <laughs> Arguably, he should have been mortal anyway. It is Mortal Kombat. Drowning Paul will be singing live at WrestleMania <laughs> X8. Oh, that would be nice. Mmm, <laughs> that'll be nice. Uh, yes, yeah, so Drown- the gap between Limp Bizkit my way. And then there's like, well, sure, there's so many of these bands going around. Let's just pick this one. Well, Saliva made so many random songs, and they'll make uh, loads of them. So we, we hear a couple of them on here on the show tonight. The plan is tentatively for Saliva to perform uh, Tear Away and to play Triple H to the ring. That's saliva. the plan. Drowning Pool will be doing that. Sorry, yes, Drowning Pool, I meant not Saliva. I don't blame you for getting them mixed up. I know. Well, I own Drowning, both. Drowning Pool had like three great songs. And that's not one of them. Yeah. Yeah, Saliva won't be playing Triple H of the Ring. Drowning Pool will be. That's Simpsons bit. <laughs> Thank you very much, Drowning Pool. I thought we were Saliva. <laughs> <laughs> Says here we're POD. <laughs> we want Chili Willy. <laughs> <laughs> the Hardy Boys and leader here, as Lola reminds us, he came seven times watching the Divas sex on the beach. No sex. Just beach. <laughs> just, anyway, just sand. Stop being like that. The Acklights and Jazz are here, <laughs> and they're sponsored by Van Wilder, Jesus, Blockbuster, and Adidas Climacool. <laughs> Lola should think about putting a cooling shoe over his dick. 
Yeah, so Cl- <laughs> Climber Cool are very special shoes that Adidas have created that apparently allow your feet to, to ventilate. Uh, got, basically, they just take some Adidas shoes and drill some holes in them. That's what they've done there. It's about steam coming off Lolo when you put that on. Uh, fun, year, fun time for Blockbuster 2002. Uh, this year, they will acquire the movie trading company, uh, which is a Dallas chain that buys and sells movies and games. Uh, they'll also acquire Game Station this year, a 64-store UK computer and console games retailer chain. Uh, they also uh, will purchase DVD Rental Central for a million dollars, which is an Arizona father and son DVD company with about 10,000 subscribers. And that will become Blockbuster Online. Uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know where how long the line we are, but there will come a point, if not this year, then a bit further along, where the startup company Netflix will make an offer to Blockbuster, say, we'll buy you out. And they'll go, no, you can fuck off. Mm. We're brilliant. We're lasting forever. We are Blockbuster Online. Thank you, man. Nothing's too big to fall. I know, right? Uh, the Gays are sponsored by Michael Cole's Love of Boy Bands, according to Lola. <laughs> and the Duds and Stacey are here, but we're not told what's happening. Except Saliva's theme will be on the CD, unnicely named Forcible Entry. Mm. Oh, it's a four-way match. Thank you, Cole, for... <laughs> Stop talking and uh, not telling us what's happening. It's between Billy, Bubba, Bradshaw, and Jeff Hardy. <laughs> uh, maybe a four-way. Uh, th- thank you. It may be a four. No, it did not deserve that. It may be a four-way. It didn't deserve it. But I just don't know why it's a good. God bless you. Doesn't matter what those are the same. Oh, yeah, I think you are. Oh, thanks, mate. It may be a four-way match, but it still ends. <laughs> it still ends up with Bubba beating up Jeff. As Lola says, he's convinced Triple H will wrestle at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania XIX, that is. That's next year. <laughs> Jeff nails Whisper in the wind, so Bradshaw tags in, but stays in the ring and delivers moves while the ref does nothing. Her A-E-Dub, A-E-Dub. <laughs> Bradshaw beats up everyone with Bubba staying around until Bradshaw lands the what's up to Billy's balls. Crowd are dead for all this. Mm. Luckily, Lawler fills in the gaps by reminding us Dudley's had the advantage at WrestleMania because wood is legal in Canada. He was good this week, this lad. Until Bradshaw lands the clothesline from hell onto Bubba, ending with Billy about to take a swanton. But Chuck saves him, so Jeff crashes and burns. Matt Hardy brawls a Chuck at ringside, allowing Billy to land the one and only, and a dirty pin to finally end it. Leah doesn't care and lands a Frankensteiner to Billy until everyone get ready for the big pie fight as everyone brawl, brawl, brawls as their gays run away and the refs run to break it up. Hey, six guys are fighting over Billy and Chuck. I bet they love that, hee <laughs> hee. Yep, cold, aimless, but still better than the four-way match we end up with at WrestleMania. Tom, can you talk for a minute while I quickly go to the toilet? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so, I mean, a four-way match seems far more appealing than the idea of Billy and Chuck versus... You've locked the door. Uh, versus, the original plan, of course, was going to be Billy and Chuck versus the APA, but as WWF got closer to WrestleMania, they realized, actually, we've got nothing in the canon for the Hardys or the Dudleys, like two of the biggest tag team acts that we've got. So they end up getting shoehorned into this match. Uh, this four-way singles match, I think, is fine. I don't think math was massively taken by it. I thought it was fine. The crowd certainly weren't into it. And, yeah, the four-way will just be very lackluster. I just think you've missed a trick here by not giving the Harleys and the Dudleys something a bit more meaty to do at WrestleMania X8. You could have done. Like, they've been such the... They've been cornerstones of the tag division for for ages. 
but they had nothing really to get their teeth into. But be that as it may, we've got a four-way match for the tag titles at WrestleMania. The Dudleys, the Hardys, uh, the APA, and Billy and Chuck. Uh, next week will be the last classic SmackDown review of 2023. Just an F. I. And we will be watching WrestleMania X8. It's a retro reactions. That is how we wrap up 2023. So next week's the last one. And on Christmas Day, you will indeed have the Cultaholic Classic Review Christmas Special. And it is a whole heap of bollocks <laughs> this year, especially. Uh, if you fancy watching uh, the, the Christmas Special Table Read, You'll be able to if you're a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. Uh, this is also where we put the video versions of these podcasts as well. Thank you very much. Welcome back. Uh, we thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, and uh, as a little gift, as I'm I say, about on, Audible. on a Christmas day, I don't bloody love Audible. Give us a sponsorship, you cowards. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so on Christmas day, you'll be able to watch the table read. Uh, so for the podcast listeners, you'll get uh, a lovely high-end produced Christmas audio Production, uh, Patreons, you get the table read with all the sound effects homemade kept in and all the laughter in between as well. So, uh, four ways going to be a bit crap. You'll watch it with us for retro reactions next week. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, during the break on the live feed, someone throws something at the commentators. <laughs> Is it a shoe? And it goes blam over the mics. Oh, really? Yeah. It makes a big noise. Yeah. And they go, whoa, what was that? And then they move on. Oh, someone's just chucking projectiles at Michael Cole. Couldn't beat anyone. Uh, Stacker 2 sponsors Christian, finally ending his losing streak by beating Billy with thanks to DDP. So naturally, Christian turned on DDP immediately. We end the break by focusing on DDP mocking, sorry, Christian mocking DDP's grin. Lillian asks why. Uh, and Christian says he won it by himself. So he doesn't need DDP anymore. And DDP was only using him. DDP thought he could make Christian forget DDP was the one who beat him for his European title. Then DDP appears and says, Oh, Christian, if you want the title shot so badly, all you had to do was ask. DDP very happily says, He can't wait to have that match with you at WrestleMania. He's almost demonically happy. So much so, Christian agrees, then sods off. DDP gives himself a second. Then goes back to smiling. Oh. This is lovely stuff that we've mostly missed out on because it's been told by your replays and it's been on Raw where Christian's been doing his um, pissy powwows after losing so much, so often. So DDP's offered to make him feel happy again. And so he has. Christian won a match. He turned on straight away, which I think is very funny. Uh, but yeah, this, this, this promo cemented it because on paper you go, it's a bit weak, this really, bloody mm. hell for WrestleMania. But DDP is on another level here. Because they're obviously making fun of DDP, but he's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to play with it. I know. Oh, hell yeah. So he's like, he's he doesn't break. He doesn't break. He doesn't get mad. He just gets aggressively happy. And that thinks a fantastic little bit. I think that's a fab. I, and, and I think he's, he's excellent in it as well. I'll be happy to do that for you. Because <laughs> he's got a like Christmas service. 10,000 yards stare, black, whatever you say. 10,000 yards stare. Of course, I'd love to go at the back and see it in your size. <laughs> yeah. Trish apologizes to Lita for what happened on Raw. Lita says it's okay because she's still going to win at WrestleMania. Trish is like, lol, your shit. <laughs> Basically. And then they fight, refs break it up, and this pretty acceptable mini angle isn't helped at all by Lola asking the refs not to break it up as he wants to do it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hippity hobbity, women are property. Yeah. 
So there's something for WrestleMania. Yeah, Trish, Lita and Jazz for the women's title in Canada. Thank you for remembering it. It's happening, that Mm. that they exist, Tony Khan. And I'm sure that you will put them in an acceptable place uh, where they won't just become a piss break moment. Yes, th- thank you, DVD Extra. <laughs> and now we get David Flair going to see Vince McMahon. Mm. It is just bizarre seeing these two people. In the so same, weird, isn't it? The same three yards together. Just like David Flair and Vince McMahon. Second generation superstars through and through. The pair of, <laughs> of exactly the same caliber. Yep. Vince says David looks a lot better than the last time he saw him. Uh, and I just put, I did not remember David having more than one appearance. Uh, Vince says he's going to give David... He was on Raw getting the that. shit kicked out of him. By See, I remember that. I forgot he was on SmackDown. Mm. He's going to give David an opportunity tonight. David versus Undertaker. Dave declines. But Vince gives him a pep talk and says, I thought you were a flair. You've got one of the greatest surnames of all time. I mean, I think it was your dad who said to be the man, you've got to beat the dead man. And Dave's like, Valid point, actually, mate. And uh, yeah, accepts, then leaves. And then hilariously, Undertaker appears like from off frame to shake Vince's hand and laughs. And I thought, wait, where was he? He was he it, was sliding to the right. Did David not see him? He had a lampshade on his head. <laughs> there's no way that would work. It's like, it's a thing. Was, like, there's no way. He was stood right next to an Undertaker poster. <laughs> really still. Oh, hey, Vince, great Undertaker poster. Anyway, well, <laughs> why, does it, why do the legs go all the way down? It's actually, his mother was a bear. So, <laughs> all Undertaker did was just not move. <laughs> It'd have been good if he, he'd stepped out and he was just dressed in the colours that matched the wall. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't have to come <laughs> Like ah, yes, like the Gautier video. <laughs> Gautier, I can't remember his name. That'd have been amazing. <laughs> it's been a big week for David Flair. He he beat John Cena this week. Fuck off, really? He beat John Cena in OVW. They had David Flair versus Prototype, and Flair beat him with a sunset flip. <laughs> like a complete shock win, like Prototype and Kenny Bowling were livid. In the, and you can watch it online. It's, it's, it's David Flair getting a cheeky three count over John Cena. And then he's fighting The Undertaker. That is hilarious. What a week for David Flair. On a blog I'm on, they do like random reviews. And someone did Stevie Richards versus Okada when they're both in TNA. Oh, my God. Of course, Stevie Richards wins. It is like, oh, that's just funny. That's amazing. But yeah, um, a nice little bit with like Stevie going, why would I do that? And it's like, I thought you would. Yeah. Aren't you like Ric Flair's son? <laughs> Declining a challenge. Ugh. Like yeah. Yeah. Vince gave David a match with Taker on SmackDown immediately, but he made Charlotte go through NXT. Just putting that out into the world. <laughs> and I've, oh, wait, I've put here. How did David miss Undertaker being off camera, like slightly to the right? He says, oh, wait, we all saw him wrestle. He probably missed it really easily. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, Lugs presents Goldust and his crap gold items, losing to Al Snow on Raw. Lugs, even if you're born with two left feet like David Flair, they're shoes for you. (laughs) Anyway, here's the new hardcore champion, Al Snow, to a decent, tough enough two pop. Al gets all the crapola from under the ring to start. And speaking of crapola, here comes the big show. (laughs) BS beats him up as Lola yells, Oh no, Al Snow is melting. (laughs) 
Al Lanza stops on a big show, but he doesn't stop. Oh, wait. Yes, he does. It's hard to tell. He's so slow. Like a reversing rubbish truck. <laughs> Al kicks him in the big dick show before rolling a bowling ball into the groin. Big Show kicks out Al Snow so dramatically that Al Snow lands on the ref and Little Nature does not appreciate that. Goldust shows up with his gold bin lid wah, 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 to show which allows Maven to distract Big Show out the ring like he did The Undertaker to then pin Al Snow. Yay, Maven! This all feels long past its sell-by date, however, doing the exact same thing for years. Maven now has the greatest dropkick in wrestling. Because he eliminated The Undertaker with a drop kick, and he fucking got the big show out of the ring with a drop yep. kick as well. Hardcore Holly's away, so Maven's gone, I'm just going to be the hardcore champion and have the best drop kick in the business. <laughs> when, when Holly comes back, he's going to be foaming. Yeah, hard to disagree. Uh, the Rock gets a video package set to P.O.D.'s Alive. Yep. I feel so alive it says for here, the very first time. It says here we're spine shank. Anyway. <laughs> It's like all these new metal bands, none of which even close to Limp Bizkit. Oh, well. Uh, Cole and Lawler hype up The Amazing Race. How long has this shit been on the air? And I live Google, and it says it's been on TV for 35 seasons <laughs> and counting. Speaking of an old show that won't go away, it's Hulk Hogan hey. by himself. They're still doing the NWO black and white transition, which is cool. Just, there might be a segment here that you didn't get. Cut content. Um, there's a, there's a, a segment backstage with Hulk Hogan walking down the corridor and he stops a production guy and says, Hey, you give that to the, your production truck and tell them to play it when I, when I tell them to. And he gives him a red, oh, sorry, a blue VHS tape. Oh. And the production guy Hogan goes Hogan and tapes don't go together very they well. They do not go well together. That's how Gorka came down. Uh, but in terms of the blue VHS tape, the only blue VHS tape I can ever remember. Do you remember a video board game called Rap Rat? No, I remember Atmosphere and the Star Trek one where the Klingon takes over the bridge. Around the same time. So you basically go, you put the tape in, you press play, and you go around the board. And then every so often the tape, the little rat jumps out and goes, busted! And gives you like a little, a little task or a, a punishment you've got to do if it's your go. Uh, and it was gives on, you a mild heart attack with yeah. a flame of grand. <laughs> basically, yeah. Uh, but it was on a blue tape. So I just saw him go, like, oh, he's giving him a copy of Rap Rat. That's lovely. If you remember Rap Rat, let me know. Keep your opinions to yourself. Uh, mixed reaction from the Gund Arena. Men over 50 should regularly check their guns. Put it. <laughs> Camera shows lots of pro and anti-Hogan signs in the crowd. Hogan lists all the guys who said they were going to kill Hulkamania. Piper, Warrior, Andre the Giant, who all, of course, died three days after this promo. <laughs> then get footage of Hogan pinning the rock with the big boot leg drop. As Cole yells, it was a handicap match. It wasn't clean. Tom clean. doesn't know what he's talking about. Clean you think, Jerno? <laughs> the only thing that, come, that came close to killing Hulkamania were the fans when they decided to leave Hulk, which made Hulk Hogan realize he didn't need the fans. So Hogan shows the clip of him pinning the rock <laughs> again. And Lola acts like it's a different match. <laughs> Hogan has the clip played again in slow-mo in case we missed it. Hey, Hogan's doing rock stuff against him. Okay, I like that. That's right. It's not brought up, but I'd appreciate it anyway. Hogan's going to beat The Rock so badly that The Rock's going to realize he's normal, like the millions of his fans. Hogan wants it played one more time, but The Rock comes out right here. 
and the audio was all fucked up during this bit, like someone's putting the mic at the speaker. They fix it for the broadcast version. Rock says The Rock doesn't care about killing Hulkamania, because that's a fantasy that Hulk lives in, where he eats Hulka sandwiches with his Hulka friends <laughs> and, fuck, and fucks his Hulka, Hulka friends as Hulka wives. And, and he uh, acts like a Hulka racist. Yeah, yeah act, act. And beats, <laughs> and fantasy be- world. <laughs> a fantasy. <laughs> Ten-inch penis. And beats Hogan one, two, three to make him face reality. Hogan thinks rock and talk a good talk, but you're not the flavor of the month. Hogan is, because Hogan's better than them all. And there's that one question he wants to ask the rock. Same thing he's asked all his opponents. What you gonna do when the biggest icon in the industry runs wild on you? And Hogan rips his shirt and there's noticeable cheers. Rock pauses, then heads the ring to go face to face with Hogan to tell him to smell what he's cooking. Both men stare down one another as Cole goes, Oh man, never felt anything like this, as eventually Hogan leaves first. During the break after this, Cole says, That was good shit. Mm-hmm. And Lola points out the mixed reaction and says, Wow, that's going to be something at Sunday. You betcha. No Loved idea. all of this, Tom. Loved all of this. This is all that the Rock Hogan story needed to be. The, the fucking hitting with an ambulance and the crowbars and all mm. didn't need any of that it just needed promos yep. you needed a couple of promos like that you could have sold this match on the announcement on raw then you would have had a video package about hogan a video package about the rock this promo that's all you needed it's one of the it's one of those gifts where you go set the match that's all it has to be everything else is just noise and it's and the the yeah and they're right it's going to be something. It is such a piece of history, this match. And it's such a conversation piece, the Hogan-Rock match. Looking forward to watching it on the Retro Reactions. Not much else about Mania XA I'm looking forward to watching. But that, yeah, really. But <laughs> so that, that I am. That I am. Yep. If they were doing the Limp Biscuit My Way package for this, this would be a bit where Hogan says, you take Nash out the equation. You take Hart out the equation. They don't matter. Um, <laughs> Booker is here to tag up with Test for the very last time. Ah, uh, end of an era. Lola puts over this momentous occasion by talking about sex on the beach. <laughs> Edge is teaming up with Tajiri to defend the rights of Japanese hair the world over, but mostly Japan. Uh, Lola suddenly hates Edge's hair and doesn't make any cracks about Booker's hair. Oh, someone's had a word. Oh. How bad do you have to be to upset someone in 2002 when the public was still letting saliva sell millions of CDs? <laughs> Tajiri stops both men, even Test, until Booker slams him. Tajiri does the handspring but lands right into an uncle slam. Nice spot. Crowd is dead, but they're following Rock versus Hogan, so what do you expect? Tajiri tries the tarantula, but that ain't working, so he gets slammed and big booted. But then Ed Spears Booker... Education, educate. I've just badly spelled it there. Education, execution, Edu- execution, the execution. Ed- I forgot how you say it now. It's such a stupid execution. Execution on test leads the scissor kick on Edge to end a flat match. You could say it was educated. Uh, did the job. Test holds Edge so Booker can spin a Rooney him. Oh, and then an axe kick. This is where they're trying to get the spinner Rooney over as the the build up to yeah. the finish. Like it wasn't WCW. I mean. Booker pinned Edge clean. Of course he's clean. He uses shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> Just surprised to see it. Well, there's some heat here. Can't believe this crowd isn't into shampoo. No, I know, right? Seems like such an obvious thing yeah. to make a feud about. It's just 
are their mid-card match, which WrestleMania X8 is stuffed with. I can't get over how, like, WWF at this point, and so many other companies, they act like a pay-per-view is just dropped on them, and they have to, like, scramble to make something happen. And it's like, oh, shit, we've got to put together a pay-per-view. You've had all year to build to this. It's the one thing I quite enjoy about some of, like, the, the Triple H creative that we've got is that they're very clearly doing a bit more longer-term storytelling, like longer story arcs. Not perfect all the time, but they cert- you certainly get a vibe that there's a beginning, middle, and end to some of the biggest stories that are taking place. And I'm glad that's back in wrestling, because I've, you know, I've done with having wrestling where they go, oh, the pay-per-view's on, on Sunday. Wednesday, we booked seven matches for it. I'm like, you've had fucking months. It's no excuse, Your Honour. Uh, during the break, Lola mocks Chimmel and tells him to go sell some merch. Nicole <laughs> says merch sells have skyrocketed since Chimmel stopped. <laughs> Poor Chimmel. It's just banter. <laughs> Coach interviews Austin backstage and Austin does another what? Promo, that I'm not going to type. What? Because it takes too long. What? Too many words. What? Lots of dialogue. What? Austin isn't scared. But then the NWO interfere with the signal and show up in the ring. Scott all is here to say, Hey, yo. <laughs> Scott says, you don't have to hide in the back like a cockroach. <laughs> Just more stuff from Scarface, isn't it? Hall shows clips from Raw during the handicap match. Hall calls Austin out to show up, with Nash waiting with a chair by the entranceway. But Scratch and Grounder <laughs> are tricked yet again as Austin heads in via the crowd. Stunners Hall, who takes a 0.7 cell before Austin somehow outruns Nash out the back. I will never get bored of Scott Hall selling the stunner like Sonic the Hedgehog losing his rings. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah, I will not hear a great. bad word about it. It just sucks that it's just this like whoop. Yeah, it's 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 it, the whole story is a bit bit flat as most X8 yes. is. It, it's not the interview where it's Hogan and the two knuckleheads. I found it weird how like Austin's promo went from a backstage interview to. Like uh, Austin chatting to the live crowd because as the static's happening, Austin suddenly looks down the lens of the camera as if he can like, <laughs> yeah, 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 what's happening? <laughs> yeah, Only briefly, and then all of a sudden it becomes Austin looking at Scott. It's a weird transition. It, you know, when you see it, you get it. I just I never vibe with it personally. What's going on? Because <laughs> it's like. <laughs> there's like when you do like all, all that's happening is Austin's looking down the lens yeah, of the camera yeah, yeah. he's not looking at Scott Hall Austin reacts to static you know? <laughs> yeah. oh static static X <laughs> no then uh, well, I thought we was alive I thought this was system of a down <laughs> Stephanie puts over the uwu champ and his belt and then asks him what he thinks about Triple H's big announcement tonight they both reckon he's retiring three days before Wrestlemania these guys stink. It's a horrible, horrible thing. We're WrestleMania rundown. Hogan versus Rock. And some other matches. <laughs> Other matches are happening. And Nicola Theodosius says, maybe the best WrestleMania ever. Hmm. How dare you? After X after 17, yeah. that, you have the uh, nerve to say, this is better than 17. Mind you, the thing is, he's not going to say, oh, it's not as good as last year, but it'll do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, does he have a point? Like, oh, that's a bit shit, isn't it, really? Maybe you... you you don't say it by not saying it. And you just go, what a, you know, hell of a card. See you Sunday. Uh. <laughs> yeah, for SmackDown. <laughs> for a live event in Guatemala. 
not in Yokohama Arena. <laughs> the Undertaker is here to take on the mighty David Flair. And I had forgotten about David Flair's legendary theme in Titantron of just <gasps> his name <laughs> and occasionally cutting to a dejected looking Ric Flair. <laughs> David Flair. Ric Flair looking sad. Why? David Flair. The exact same shot of Ric Flair looking sad. I don't get it. I don't get why he signed off on that. Stick David Flair and then some footage of Rick. Like, there you go. Someone could not be asked that day. Ric Flair, drinking of a shot. Why did my son have to follow my footsteps? If you wanted to put Ric Flair in it, fine. You've got years of footage of Flair. You own the fucking library. But no, it's Ric Flair looking dejected from last week. Not even footage of David Flair chatting to Vince earlier in the night. You know what happened? Because they went, well, you know, in the Titan Tron, like that uh, little video, we like to have highlights of wrestlers. He goes, yeah. Well, it's David Flair. Yeah. Oh, I see your point, mate. Yeah. Can we have some shots of his dad? <laughs> Anything of his dad. Just his, his dad fucking, uh, you know, a woman of the night in the 83 or whatever it was. The, the birth of David. <laughs> David's origins. <laughs> the highlight of his life was getting made. <laughs> and, and Flair's just like, oh, fucking hell. I love uh, that. David it, Flair, by the way, just to point out, is headlining the SmackDown before WrestleMania X8. This is an oft-forgotten bit of history. Maybe the best WrestleMania of all time. Well, that's just what Michael Cole said, so why should it lie? David Flair and Undertaker is your go-home match for WrestleMania X8. Love that shit. God love him. God love him. They should have played his music the entire time like New Jack. <laughs> David headlines and uh, someone take a respectfully holds the ropes open for the headliner before punching the fuck out of David. <laughs> Rick runs in like 10 seconds later to make the save and then chair shots Undertaker before Undertaker walks away smiling. <laughs> Wait, that was it? I've put, I'm like, oh, that, that was it. That, that was, oh, okay. That's it. That, that was, oh. That's all the match. For what David oh. did, he did it fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he really walked through the ropes he, really he, well. He didn't, he did. <laughs> they kept it very, very minimal for him. They looked up, they've locked up. Oh no, Rick, Rick's in. Here's Rick, show away sure, sure uh -oh. the Undertaker. No, David, you can't. Let's not, don't embarrass yourself. Don't speak, you'll spoil it. David, don't do <laughs> Anyway, Hawker Holly's beating up people on Tough Enough 2, blah, 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 no one cares. Then Subway presents Jericho hitting Triple H with a sledge to the quad. Subway, the nonces have to eat something. So Triple H hobbles to the ring to say <laughs> everything. Subway. We all, hey, how about that foot long? Everything we all know. I got attacked, etc. Triple H's announcement is bad for Jericho as he's not retiring. Pain is temporary. But the game is forever. Get that on a t-shirt. Triple H is going to kick Jericho's ass, etc., etc. And I wondered how this was going to end. And I thought, will Triple H allow himself to look vulnerable heading to WrestleMania in a few days' time? 
So Jericho and Steph head out. Jericho thinks Triple H is lying and that he's actually hurt. Steph explained Dr. Andrews told Steph his quad is held together by wires. And Triple H compares... Sorry, Steph... Say again. Steph compares Triple H to his crippled dog, Lucy. Crowd is so into this, they chant, Jericho is a homo. Triple H says his quad is bad, but he doesn't care because he's the game. And then, sure enough, Triple H gets ready to pedigree Jericho. So there's a fight on... Oh, God. No, no, no. You, so, so just uh. for a few beats in there, he says, I don't care if it's my last match, my last shot, my last breath. I'll be there at WrestleMania because I'm that damn good. He's and Jericho die. then runs out and they have a brawl. Triple H gets ready to pedigree Jericho. But Steph saves him. Boots him up the arse. Okay, save it, say it again. Triple H gets ready to pedigree his WrestleMania opponent, a main eventer, on the same caliber as David Flair, obviously. But Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley, hater of dogs, saves him. So Triple H grabs Steph and sets up the pedigree through the announce table <laughs> with Steph's titties popping out. Yeah! And flailing around like those things you see outside car dealerships <laughs> until Jericho makes the save and the titties can be put back in. There's no way Jericho's going to end the show with a Walls of Jericho and Triple H on the announce table is there. But yeah, that's how it goes. Good God, do you believe in miracles? The feud is still one of the worst since we started doing SmackDown reviews, though. Maybe the worst at the main event level. Even Bulldog versus The Rock over dog poop was better because it was like <laughs> two weeks. And in the feed, we get blue screen of early Brock flexing. Also, DDP smiling and Ric Flair doing the... <laughs> that was it. Was that a little bit of extra stuff we got at the end? There? Yeah, it's oh, on the nice. live feed. I don't know oh, why it was And we chucked in at the end. Um, the strongest Jericho has looked this entire program. <laughs> Good fucking And that God. is not a compliment. The most iconic bit from this SmackDown um, that on. still does the round to this day is, of course, Steph's tit dropping out. Uh, it's a and because obviously the cameras on the network version uh, managed to be readjusted so you don't see anything. But somebody at ringside uh, with a with a glorious old school camera captures one particular photo that has done the rounds across yep. uh, every teenager's internet. Uh, so much so that I've made it the album art for this week. Oh episode. no! But don't worry, I have blurred out the nipple with a little picture of Kane. Uh, but this is the they've, like, been, they've been covered up by Audible adverts. <laughs> yes, oh, if, if bloody only, bloody if only they did. There's a. I remember that when you watch it, you see as Trips is setting Steph up for the pedigree. Not that I've overanalyzed this. Um, the, the 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 busters pop out of the of the very of the very low cut top. Anyway, I was asking for trouble, and Steph has a moment where she tries to pop the lads back in. But Triple H, because he's like pandering to the crowd, doesn't see the wardrobe malfunction. And just as Steph is about to get the, the tip back in, he hooks her arm for the pedigree and it flops back out again. And you see her for a minute, try and get her arm down. And she just goes, oh, fuck it, whatever. And then that's when Jericho interrupts. And the first thing she does as she hits it, she just pops them back yeah. in and rolls them aside. But I felt for her in that moment where she was about to just adjust it. Triple H goes, nope. And not Triple H's fault. He just didn't see that was happening. He was like looking out to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, but someone captured that moment forever. Um, so there is Steffi McMahon nipple on the internet, should you feel so inclined. Steph's dress put up more of a fight in this segment than Jericho has <laughs> the entire feud. 
Ugh. What a anticlimactic, weird build to WrestleMania X8. What a weird month. Guess the build it deserves because there's lots of positives. Well, two. Uh, Hogan versus Rock. Nothing that steps tits. Yes. <laughs> um, and Flair versus Undertaker. And then there's just a lot of uh, filler. It's tough for the mid card. Like, they recognize that the roster is bloated. And no one's really got anything decent outside of your, your, your top echelon, which is why they're doing a brand split, Tony Khan. Um, because that gives you know more talent chance to breathe. And it will be. And, and there'll be times where one show will feel more lean than the other. There will be those moments. But in general, it allows more stars to be created and curated. And I think it's an important part of what WWF do ever since. But we'll have that very, very soon. It does mean that we do say goodbye to some firm favorites uh, on the Classic SmackDown review, but we'll worry about that after WrestleMania, which is next week. Off we go. Uh, X8, watch along next week. What did you remember from this week's episode of SmackDown? Steph's tits. Steph's tits. Sorry. I did the Leonardo DiCaprio point. I'm like, oh, it's the ditties. This, this, is, where, this is where that photo comes from. It's Mine. the ditties. I remember. Sorry, sorry, no, we're no, very no, mature. I, I was going to say Steph's tits if you didn't say Steph's tits, so it's fine. I made it the album art. I'm just as depraved as you. Steph's tits. Steph's tits. Steph's tits. Put on your red shoes and Steph's tits. Kill the dog. I remember the Hogan Rock promo. I thought it was fantastic as a kid. I was like, yeah, I want to see this. Slightly cheering for Hogan a bit at this point as well. Like, well, like the idea of Hogan. Like, and that wasn't meant to, but but I think also, as I liked Hogan, I still knew, wanted Rock to win because even as um, an eighteen-year-old little weeb, I I knew that obviously the young guy has to win. <laughs> like the the youth must prevail. Um, but I enjoyed the promo battle with those. I thought it was excellent. Mm. Uh, what have you forgotten from this episode of SmackDown? <laughs> sad Ric Flair, looking sad. <laughs> David Flair. David Flair headlining the show against, uh, against Undertaker. An epic encounter. A very epic encounter. Um, I forgot about Kurt Angle and Rob Van Damme just having a quiet banger to start the show. I'll say that one. Yeah. Obviously getting his... Uh, Best match of the night, that was. Yes, by default. By default. By virtue by of them existing. It was the best match of the night. Uh, so, otherwise, I would have gone... Hey, on the podcast feed, Christmas specials on the horizon, which is very exciting on Christmas Day. Um, the Coltolic Classic Review lads have all come together. Even Jack Atkins made the trip to the offices. Uh, and we oh. recorded, <laughs> recorded quite the Christmas festive gathering for you. You'll hear it on Christmas Day. Um, but we're not quite done with the SmackDown Review for 2023 yet because next week we have the WrestleMania X8 Watch Along. Myself and Matthew Gregg uh, will give you retro reactions to WrestleMania 18. Oh, you bugger. Either one match and then the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're on the YouTube channel, uh, the gold WWE's Golden Age Part 2 drops tomorrow night. If you haven't watched Part 1 yet, make it part of your YouTube diet this week. Uh, Sam Driver, 
Matthew, uh, Matthew uh, Sam Jarrett, Matthew Stewart, and Justin Henry have put on a, a fantastic show for you. It's taken years to build this four-part documentary. It really has. It genuinely All has. All Sam has done for the past two years is this. It's four parts. It's going to total about like eight hours. Yeah. Uh, and it's an absolute tour de force. And we're so proud of what they've put together. And if you love it as well, and if you want us to do more stuff like that, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash cultaholics. I'm suggesting you go and do yeah, that today. Please do, because if no one watches it, that's it. It's killed us. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Heaven's <laughs> Gate killed that one film studio. <laughs> what do you want to plug, Baff? What do you want to plug? Uh, just be nice to each other. That's a nice thing to plug. Oh, and I'm, me and Tom are on an episode of Map of Muscles. Uh, we are! We made a little cameo, didn't we? Yeah, it's good until like three seconds, and he's just like, yeah, it's perfect. Oh, thank you to our friend Matt McMuscles, who went to the Dynamite uh, taping he in did. Canada in the other day. I always forget he's Canadian. I forget he's Canadian. So I, yeah, assume, I, I assume he's, he's a demon. Yeah. I always think Mac of him Muscles as a, is a famous demon. Canadian family name. <laughs> McMussels, as they call him in Canada. Hey. Uh, so thank you, Matt McMussels, for giving us uh, a little bit of real estate on your channel. Much appreciated. Thank you. Sorry I had a shit time at Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Everybody did. Uh, uh, and for the latest wrestling news throughout the weekend, you can check out cultaholic.com. He's been Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Or at cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Punch him in the prostate. <laughs> Love you. Bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.